Welcome to the historic US market crashes in review. The what, how, when, and who, part two. Stick around, we'll be right back. Hey, peeps, please help us grow the family. Give us a comment and review on the Apple or Google Play Store. It's super quick and easy. Just scroll down, click the little stars, comment, and just help us grow the family. All right, so now that that's out of the way, let's get into this. What is going on, crypto family? So in this short video, we're gonna be continuing our review on the historic US market crashes and everything that transpired around them. We'll dive into what happened, why it happened, and what came next. Now, the point of these videos is, as I mentioned last time, that while we're in an unprecedented time and what looks to be very, very scary times if you pay attention to the mainstream media, if we look back over our history, you'll see that we've been through similar things before and we've made it through. In addition to the healthcare panic that's going on right now, in case you didn't know, both politicians and the media are using this economic crashes, ups and downs to scare as many people as they possibly can. There's an old saying that says, um, never let a crisis go to waste. Too often, there are people in all walks of life who want to use a crisis as an opportunity to make drastic changes to the ways that things are done. This can be good or bad. It just depends on the changes people truly want to enact. What's important to remember though about our current situation is no matter what you think, it's probably best not to listen to all that gloom and doom stuff, but try to keep a level head. We have been through market crashes before. We have been through recessions, depressions, and even pandemics. And you know what? We have always bounced back. So in our last video, we went over the stock market crash of 1929 and the huge impact that it had on our country. I also told you that as bad as that one was, there have been bigger drops in the stock market. I mentioned that prior to the events of recent, the biggest single day drop to hit the market was actually in 1987. Now, we're gonna dig into this 87 crash today, but I also wanna point out the general instability of the market around these types of events. When we take a look at everything that was going on in the world and what was happening prior to the crash, it's clear there are a lot of factors that go into an economic shift, good or bad. If we have a better understanding of all these ingredients, we can better understand how to roll with these punches and get back on track after things happen. Now, there are typically two big questions around any market crash that we should ask. What caused it? And what should we do about it? When you look at the response to economic news, it's clear that the focus is largely on government. Politicians are wrapped up in blaming each other while people and the companies are asking, what's the plan to fix this, right? So we really can't talk about any market crash without also talking about government intervention and their role in the economy. So before I go into what happened in 87, we need to go back a little bit further to have a little refresher about the state of the economy leading up to the crash. 1971 saw something that hadn't happened or occurred since World War II. To combat inflation, President Nixon put a freeze on prices and wages, which saw some success at first, but ultimately led to severe economic problems. Nobel Prize winning economist Milton Friedman predicted that Nixon's actions would result in utter failure and a greater problem with inflation than the one it was intended to fix. In 1973, Friedman seemed to be proven right as price controls failed. This resulted in trouble for the economy and not many people wanted anything to do with the stock market for years after. What's important about this is seeing how quickly things can change. In 71, Nixon's price controls had a lot of support and the market rallied. A couple years later, it was just the opposite. Now, when we jump ahead to the 80s, we see an economic boom. In the five years leading up to the crash of 87, the Dow Jones Industrial Average tripled. In an effort to stabilize exchange rates, the US and the G5 nations agreed to a new standard. Under Levure, 
Accord. This was all in hopes to stabilize international currency markets and put a stop to the continued decline of the U.S. dollar, which caused the previous Plaza Accord signed just two years earlier. Now, at the same time as the Levura Accord signing, the Federal Reserve tightened its monetary policies by aggressively raising interest rates from 6.5 to 9.75%. Wow. I mean, imagine paying 9.75% on your home mortgage. So this, of course, resulted in plummeting stock prices. So again, this looks like another example of what happens to the market when government tries to fix things. But as always, there are a lot more factors that led to the crash. There is no single cause looking back on it, though, and experts can't seem to agree on what the main cause was. However, there are a couple things that are generally listed and tied to the ingredients of the 87 stock market crash. In addition, the changes in exchange rates, imports and exports, there were other international issues that played a role in the volatility of the stock market. You see, there is a lot of psychology involved in the market. The market doesn't just react to things that happen, but the fear of what could happen. Remember, at this time, tensions were really high in the Middle East and hostility in the Persian Gulf was intensifying. The market tends to respond to confidence and to fear. When there is a fear of war, disruption, or foreign trade, or oil production, or any global crisis, the market typically suffers. Another contributing factor to the crash of 87 that had nothing to do with these big international issues was actually technology development. Even though the tech of the 80s seemed primitive to us today, you have to remember that this was a historic time for computers, automation, and the advancement of science. People were filled with wonder and excitement at all the possibilities new technology could bring to the world. It was a time of experimentation and innovation as everything was moving towards automation. The stock market was no different. Program trading took a lot of human decision-making out of the trade process through automatic trades based on benchmark indexes. Now, if you've ever seen a science fiction movie, then you probably have seen various warnings about turning control over to the machines. Now, this automated program trading wasn't exactly Skynet, but it did play a role in the market crash. What we've learned was that the system increased volatility, created a turbulent market, and eroded confidence. The moral of the story isn't technology bad, but anytime you incorporate new tech, there will always be bumps in the road. In response to the market crash, we implemented regulatory measures called circuit breakers, which automatically stop trading when prices hit a predefined level. This is a standard operating procedure today and might have made a big difference in 87 before the crash. No matter what the main cause of the stock market crash was, it was definitely a big deal. However, it didn't end up as bad in the long run as many predicted. This is the point that I'm really trying to drive home here. In 87, people feared that things were looking like another 1929. People were in a panic about the economic collapse and the doom of civilization. Does this sound familiar? Isn't that a little like what we're hearing today? Well, remember that people back then were in the same panic that we are today, but in the end, it only took two years for the data to recover completely and a few more years again, and it was set for all new record highs. The point? We didn't find ourselves in a horrible depression and life went on. Between 1987 and today, we have seen economic prosperity. We've seen recessions, ups and downs, and all of that stuff. We've also seen recovery from times like we find ourselves in right now. To see this, we don't have to go back to the Great Depression or the 70s or the 80s. We can look at a much more recent example. That will be the topic of our next video. 
So be sure that you're subscribed to the channel and that you have that notification bell on. So that way you're notified when we release our next video covering the market crash of 2008. Now, I would love to hear your thoughts about all of this. Do you feel that we're headed for a recession to depression? Or will all of this blow over in a year or two and we'll recover and things will be right back to normal? If you've heard of crypto, well, what do you think the implications on the crypto market and everything else that's happening? Hey peeps, just a friendly reminder, Crypto Beetle shows are never financial advice, recommendations, or trading strategies. The views expressed here are solely that of Robert Beatles and his guests. Robert Beatles is the co-founder of the Monarch Wallet, host of Trading View Sessions, Crypto Beatles on YouTube, and on several entities. Robert's opinions here do not reflect that of those entities. Some information shared here may not actually be factual. These shows are for information and entertainment purposes only. Never invest a single Satoshi or penny in anything without first seeking the counsel and advice of a professional financial advisor. Robert Beatles is not a financial expert or advisor. Investing in anything is super dangerous. You can lose all of your money, so always trade at your own risk. Please help us grow the family. Give us a comment and review on the Apple or Google Play Store. It's super quick and easy. Just scroll down, click the little stars, comment, and just help us grow the fam. God bless you. Love you. And I'll catch you all in the next one.